Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody, my name is Neil White and from Backpage you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter at the Euros. We're recording on Tuesday night. You're going to get this on Wednesday morning. I hope you're caught up with Graham's late night taping after Spain versus Sweden. I love listening to those hot take episodes right off the back of games. We did them at the World Cup as well. I hope you do too. This time, Graham, I think the nice people would appreciate a little insight into your slightly madcap life on the road at the Euros. So why don't you tell us what kind of day it's been? So when we were recording late night after the Spain draw... I knew that was on the road early. In the end, it was up at 5 a.m. Spanish time. On the road, Sevilla is is many miles, many kilometres from Madrid. I don't know how many, but all I can tell you is that our hardy band of stragglers, it took us about just under five hours um, to go up to Madrid. It, it can be beautiful in patches, to be honest with you. Coming out of Seville was very, very foggy indeed. It was nice to look out at the way in which, for a while, it's flat and it's the rain in, in Spain falls mainly on the plain and it's trees and not very green and some uh, agriculture. And, and then you get a little bit more mountainous as you're coming to, to Madrid. And, you know, there was lots of good music. There was heaps of Clash and um, Weller and... Johnny Cash and a little bit of Doris Day, actually. And you're, we were racing because uh, Las Rosas, where the Spain train was going to be open. And we knew we were going to have a chat with Pedri, which was fun. Um, because just like in his football, for an 18-year-old kid, he's, if not precocious when he talks, he's, he's confident, he's articulate. And he's careful at the moment. He's still choosing his words and tailoring his responses but not in any way bland and it felt important having having had a quick flash interview with him um backstage yesterday after the draw i was just interested to see what more he had to say and he started the press conference this may be known by people by, by the press officer pablo garcia who's exceptional said look uh, pedri wants to make a statement and he just said look i know i'm the now spain's youngest ever player in the european championship what I want to do is give credit to every coach I've ever had from when I was a kid. I think he actually said when I was a little kid at 18. Um, through to Pepe Mel, who's ex-West Bromwich, ex-Betis, who was his coach at Las Palmas. Koeman, who took a glimpse at him as, you know, like Aragonés, Luis Aragonés, when he saw 
Xavi and Iniesta and Villa, and he went, right, I'm changing everything. And, and Koeman went, boy, this kid's not going on loan to Borussia Mönchengladbach. This kid's not playing in Barca B. This kid's making a record number of appearances for an 18-year-old for Barca. And he said he wanted to thank Luis Enrique. And I, I just thought that was a really nice, interesting touch. And we made it to uh, Las Rosas in time for all of that entailed and back some gym work. Uh, us, not the players. And then out to training this evening, which was you know quite docile, 15 minutes open, at which, you know, during which we, we, you would see them trotting and stretching and a little bit of rondo work and not much else. But we were in, um, you make contact with the staff. You keep your eyes out. For example, one thing I'll, t- I'll tail off on this, Neil. It, it felt odd that Gerard Moreno didn't start yesterday. And it also felt odd how long it took for him to come on. And obviously, it's only guesswork, but you can interpret that maybe the coach is trying to protect a player, that, that there's nothing wrong with him, but there's just a feeling that they call it sobrecarga, that there's an overload on a muscle and, you know, you miss a game or you give 20 minutes and, and the person says, well, tonight in training, it looked absolutely fine again. And, and and that's to the good of this enterprise and SS España, you know, long may she sail safely. Because um, if he was only kept out because Luis Enrique thought there was a better front three, I think that's proven to be an error of judgment. And if he's fit, then let's have uh, pound for pound Lewandowski in one corner and Jared Moreno in the other when it comes to this weekend. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the game. Martin and I, the other half of the sort of production team behind this show, we were in the office together for the first time since November 2020 today. So we spent a lot of that time talking about Spain versus Sweden. Um, And we talked about the coverage as well, you know, the sort of TV coverage in this country of the game. It wasn't the same as in the years after 2012, but there were similar themes of, well, all that pre-possession is lovely, but they didn't score, did they? But I, I don't think they play the same way. I think that possession in the days you are talking about, the triumphant days, w- was specifically used like we have got... We've got... Uh, once in, in the Mardi Gras in Sitges, we were sitting at two in the morning on a terrace, a terrace bar, and, and the streets were small. And everybody was dressed up, obviously, because that's what you do in Mardi Gras. And... There was a clutch of Pelés, blue, you know, sky blue shorts from the 70s, gold shirts, um, 10 on the back. Four or five of them came round one corner, down a small, what's a small enclosure, to be met by, and Busby Bertley couldn't have choreographed this, to be met by coming round the other corner, at the other end of the alleyway, four or five Diego Maradonas with curly wigs and, and the Argentinian blue stripes. And they all had sort of soft felt footballs glued to their left foot so they could run around and dribble around everybody with the ball glued to their foot. The, the strongest impressions I have of 2007, eight up to 2012, 13, is that there was a clutch of utterly exceptional footballers, which includes obviously Piquet and, and Busquets and Villa and Pedro and Jesus Navas, as well as the, the brand name guys like Alonso and Xavi and Iniesta and Senna and so on and so forth. David Villa particularly. But there, there were times when they, they literally could do with the ball what they wanted. And that was meshed with most of them understanding the Guardiola, Cruyff, Bielsa principle of 
we're just going to munch you up and we're going to make you dance. And it was like the Western films where the quick draw guy has enough of it, gets his gun out and he's bang, 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 down about the cowboy boots and the bad guy's dancing. That's what it felt like. And it didn't often end up in 4-0, 5-0 in tournaments, although in qualifying it did. And this is different. In this era, you know, for better or worse, they, they want to win the ball quickly, they want to press and harass, but they're, they're relatively direct. If they're given an opportunity against a side that isn't bank defence, it's much, much more vertical. And there's no masticating the game until it's a chewed up mess and, and the opponents are going, I have no idea if this, if this is Friday or Don French. I, I think that what happened yesterday, I, I agree. I think it was a really, um, not stellar, but exciting performance. Because Sweden aren't anybody's mugs. To qualify for the last World Cup, I'm pretty sure they knocked out Italy. I think they then went on at some stage to, to beat, in, in, in that era, I think they beat Holland. I, t- I tried to get the flavour of this across, and you'll tell me if I didn't. But Lustig kind of shrugged as if it you know, wasn't our game plan. They only passed to each other three times in a row. And it wasn't in a game plan. Poor old, I mean, Berg is, is getting abuse that has had to be reported to the police for admittedly missing a sitter. Isaac's face, I mentioned last night when, when that ball doesn't go in. It's just, but irrespective of the fact that, that Sweden could have snuck a goal or two, I, I thought that there was only one thing missing last night, which is the killer instinct, the cold blood, what's called pausa here in Spain, which isn't slowing it down. It's just doing the right thing when everybody else is running around like a headless chicken. And into that mix, you have to say a little bit of luck. I think Olsen played superbly, but it was wrong to not play Gerard sooner. So, Graham, as you know, we have asked our socios at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, the lovely people who support our podcast, to just fire in at any point if they have questions. So we have one from Lee Allen. Hello, Lee, and thank you for this. Um, so it follows up to exactly what you're talking about. How much of a concern, asks Lee, is it going to be for Luis Enrique to have 85% possession, look utterly dominant, but have no, as Lee says, cutting edge in front of goal? Well, Lee, I, I like exactly what you've said, and I, I think there's a, a tributary running off that. So, for example, I looked, I used Y Scout to look at the exact stats for the last two games if you discount the under 21s beating Lithuania. So, um, there was a nine, just about a 91 pass accuracy against Portugal and possession of about 65%. Both stats are superb. Against Sweden, there was a 91% pass accuracy. Um, which against a, a competitive team, because the Portugal games are friendly, and about something like 83% possession. Now, as Neil and I have just been discussing, Lee, they, they don't give two sticks about um, those stats. Those stats arrive because they think that excellence is the way to win games. What we're left asking, I think, apart from the finishing, because if we just say they didn't finish... I don't think we're doing our jobs. Not from all we've learned, not from being there present, not from being able to speak to people. And in my opinion, it's a little bit to do with speed and risk. They they moaned about the pitch. It doesn't look very clever because they didn't moan about the pitch coming off after training, which is when to say, we think the pitch is slow. They didn't. Afterwards, 
Reese Enrique did. He said, my players came in and said that, you know, there was a 12th rival, which is that the pitch is spongy and slow. So no doubt there'll be a big operation goes into play because Spain don't control that pitch. UEFA do, but there'll be a big operation to try and speed, speed the pitch up. Risk, however, is different. It, speed of decision doesn't depend on how the pitch is. And decision-making and accepting risk and accepting that those, one, those stats go down a little bit, again, who gives a fig if you win? But they go down because quicker decisions to make riskier passes into runs which stretch a team or which ask whether this time Poland or Slovakia in due course are, are going to make mistakes. I think that's where one of the, the, the three keys lie because the three keys are speed of movement of the ball, whether that's about decision-making or the pitch. Secondly, clearly finishing. Somebody just goes, there you are, that's in the bottom corner. As Morata should have done, because of all the misses that he's had over the Portugal and Sweden game, the first one where Jordi Alba's through ball lands at his feet in front of Olsen, he doesn't need to... Listen, I spoke about this last night, but he doesn't need to go Olsen's left hand. He just reverses it, because Olsen is already moving. And either an elite striker or Morata on form senses it, sees it, what they all talk about, peripheral vision. You just know, if I clip it back the way, then... So, those decisions will come, I think. I, as well as Olmo played, and as much as I think that Ferran can end up top scorer for Spain in this tournament, I think that Morata and Moreno can play together, should play together. I hope they will play together. And Lee, you talked about level of concern. I don't have a level of concern that we're masking over a bad performance and that Spain are crap. I don't have that. But Sweden didn't have Lewandowski. Now, if you're not scoring and the crowd's on your back and the pitch is slow and Lewandowski pops in one or two, then you're scoobied. You know, you're up that you're up that comedy series without a paddle. So, um, Lee, it has to be taken as a source of concern. But my opinion is one... Gerard starts and two the chances get taken okay let's park Spain there we'll take a short break and when we come back we'll have another question from a social and we'll move on to see who Graham's player of the day is when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back. Graham, we've got a question from another socio over at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. This one is from Liam Jones. Hi, Liam, and thank you very much for supporting our podcast. 
Liam asks, how much can or should we read into the opening round of fixtures at a tournament? Turkey looked disappointingly timid. Belgium were incredibly dominant from the get-go against Russia. England looked surprisingly assured. Does all of this mean anything? Neil, I, I, I like uh, Liam's point of view. And, and uh, Liam, to, just to share, I don't expect to sit here and give you a really clever answer because I've been scratching my head about it too. And I think that... For my taste, one of the, the big themes that's emerging is uh, that a, a mix, a real melange of athleticism, form and tiredness. And I think that a massive medicine for, for athletic and mental tiredness, which players should be suffering from after the last two seasons, the way that the pandemic cut the last season and it was concertinaed, no summer break, no proper pre-preparation. The season played out at full tilt as if it was a normal, in inverted commas, season. And then you got a summer tournament. So, which team it was going to be? Liam, I didn't know. But we shouldn't be surprised when we look at how Croatia performed, how Turkey performed, that maybe Sweden weren't quite able to string passes together when actually they have several players more than capable of, of doing that. But the, the antidote to that is if, if if you get a goal early, if you get a couple of goals, if 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 the whole team is confident, yeah, we're we're going to convert things either because we know we'll create a clutch of set play chances, or because we know we'll score in the counter or whatever. That that utterly changes team. And Turkey didn't have that uh, because um, their main striker is thirty six, ran his arse off all season for Lille. And um, the coach, clever though he is, good for Turkey have been over the last 18 months. If they play deep against Italy, it isn't simply the fact that it's a bit of a siege feeling. They, they can't get out. And they, it's like Aleti and Luis Suarez. They have to have the, the play high up. Croatia seem to be lacking an edge. Goals from midfield, yes, they've got. But with... Um, you know, without a killer striker, I think that what we then see is a further decaying in a team's ability to believe we can risk, we can play out the pitch, and and they look to contain and look for a point and, you know, wipe their face off and come back the next day. So, equally, Liam, you'd agree that irrespective of, if we believe in that, Belgium are a team that can look dominant in just about any game because they're packed full of talent. And to play like that without your two major stars, well, you're never in stars, technically your two best footballers, that was that was a warning. Um, and I think England, we, we talked about in that nobody's doubted their quality, but they looked ready. As a group, they looked tournament ready and they looked as if they'd learned something from both qualification and from the World Cup. And I think that's really healthy. So... What do we read into it? I think we read into it that there's going to be increasingly um, open games. I think I'll, I'll, I haven't looked at the percentage, but my perception is that a larger percentage of goals are coming in the second half. And I think an increasing number of them will come in the last 20 minutes. And I think it's going to be an awful lot about um, coach reading of a game. Uh, what, I, what do you call it? De delegated inf intelligence on the pitch where the senior players are going, ah, this is the state of the game. We've 20 minutes to go. We're taking over. This is what we're going to do. 
it's going to rely an awful lot on impact players. I don't think there's been a massive amount of impact players yet, but that's coming, Liam. That, in my opinion, if you wanted to chart the way from the middle of the sea to land, that's what's coming, particularly as we get into third games and knockout games. Let's move on to find out who your player of the day is today, kicking off today as the listeners pick up this podcast. Finland and Russia, Turkey and Wales, Italy versus Switzerland. Who do you like? Well, it's I'm going to dodge that, who do I like? Because I'm not sure if that's how I feel about our bet 365 man of the day, which is Gareth Bale. And you told me that I had a, a clean slate on this every time. A prediction, a worry, a highlight of something that I know about a player and a minute ago I was talking about the way in which Seno Gunish stopped particularly Burak Yilmaz from getting possession high at the pitch and I didn't mention Hakan Chalhanolu um, the Milan midfielder who I think is is an exceptional footballer and, and, and over the last 18 months has predominantly scored or made goals in Turkey's fantastic form so if either of those two show up, the way that Wales played against Switzerland wouldn't be enough because they were stirring and they were fun and interesting and maybe in the last half hour. And I was extremely pleased they got a point because initially, they should, I, for my money, they should have been pumped. I thought Switzerland looked really good. I don't know. I've seen Switzerland play Spain relatively often, but I don't know enough about them to say whether that was Wales making them look good or there really is something happening here. But boy... I, I thought of almost all the performances up until today, they've been the one that's been the least appreciated and they only got a point out of it. So what that means is when Bale changed position in the match against Switzerland, he looked not only more influential because stuck out wide and he's such a frustrating footballer. To, not, there, nobody that listens to this podcast needs any convincing about his athleticism, his ability, his achievements. They're, they're given. And I don't want to pile on simply because he annoys, he annoys the hell out of me in, in just about everything. And I'm sorry about that. Um, but I think few are given what he's got. And he's not wasting it like the players when I was growing up did with, you know, drinking or wildlife or, you know, putting on a stone every summer and then trying to sweat it. He just likes golf better. He wants to be left alone to do it his way. And that isn't a sin, but I don't think he's using the last golden years of his football career well enough. And if Wales are going to capitalise on the point that they make, and if they're going to bully Turkey, one of the chief protagonists has to be Gareth Bale. We don't know yet whether Ancelotti, who, who changed his team for Bale, who helped Real Madrid win the European Cup with a very, very strong Gareth Bale by making it what was called in Spain the BBC, taking Ángel Di María out of the front line, putting him in the midfield where he'd never played before, where he's often played since, and making it Benzema, Cristiano and Bale up front. Is that going to be enough to persuade him to go back to Real Madrid? Does he desperate to stay at Tottenham? Does he, does he want to go to China for the money? I don't know. But... If there's any possibility that these these dribs and drabs of rumours that he might think about just hanging his boots up because he's exceptionally rich and he wants to play golf, if that's his choice, fine. Then what you won't hear a, a remonstration from me, not for a second. 
But if he's going to stay on in football, there's a potential that this is one of the four or five big games of the remainder of his football life. If they lose, the point looks a little bit shabby um, from the last match. They're playing against a side where if Turkey punch their weight, they obviously can beat Wales. But if Wales learn from that game against Italy, and particularly what did... I don't know, Neil. I, I thought that Bale, when he changed position against Switzerland, looked more like the roving, rampaging, give me my freedom to do what I want player that he was last time when they went to the semi-finals. Their achievement in the last Euros was exciting. It was daring. Some of it was British FA Cup football at a European Championship, which to a British audience is a lot of fun to watch. And they were fun to watch for about 30, 35 minutes against the Swiss. But Bale needs to be, A, given the given the structure in the team to play as a central protagonist. He sometimes dropped deep and played as a forward, launched balls. He then was allowed to drift forward. People covered him behind him. And he was allowed to play behind the strikers. And that, in my book particularly if he's able to pick up the ball in broken play and surge. Not like he did against Inter and score consistently down the wing, but punch into spaces because his choice of use of the ball and his technique is actually very good. So, listen, Gareth, don't let me down. I put the microscope of our Bet365 player of the day on you because partly you deserve it and partly you frustrate the hell out of me. There you go. That, that you've made me say it. Uh, that's our show for today. We're back tomorrow. Um, until then, thank you very much, Graham. Thank you very much, you, for listening. And I hope that you enjoy your football today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.